This week's show is brought to you by Miracle Made. Alright, now you guys, Brad and Alex, you know I like a lot of things, but I'm going to reveal a little bit about myself here. I really like sleeping. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I'm like, it's, oh, yeah. A, it's in my top three. Of it's a great I thing enjoy. to do. Wait, hang on. Eating, sleeping, and? Sleeping. Again. Okay. It's, All right. it's it's mostly sleeping, then eating, then sleeping Got again. Got it, yes. Got sleep, it. get up, eat, then you get back to sleep. <laughs> yeah. If I could eat while I'm sleeping, I would probably do that, too. Sleep, eat, sleep, repeat. Got it. Yes. And luckily for me, Miracle Made has sheets just for me. Because did you know that traditional bed sheets can harbor more bacteria than a toilet seat? And I'll tell you what I don't like, sleeping on a damn toilet seat. I would rather sleep in some nice sheets. I don't know, man. Have you tried it? Unfortunately, yes. And it's not my style. I won't ask you to elaborate. (laughs) Inspired by those punks at NASA, Miracle Made uses silver-infused fabrics and makes temperature-regulating bedding so you can sleep at the perfect temperature all night long. It has self-cooling properties. The sheets that are infused with this silver prevent up to 99.7% of bacterial growth, leaving them to stay cleaner and fresh three times longer than other sheets, and no more gross odors. Only the best odors in my sheets. You can go to trymiracle.com slash nextlander to try Miracle Made Sheets today. And whether you're buying them for yourself or as a gift for a loved one, if you order today, you can save over 40%. And if you use our promo nextlander at checkout, you'll get three free towels and save an extra 20%. Miracle is so confident in their product, it's backed with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you aren't 100% satisfied, you'll get a full refund. Upgrade your sleep with Miracle Made. Go to miracle.com slash nextlander and use the code nextlander to claim your free three-piece towel set and save over 40% off. Again, that's trymiracle.com slash nextlander to treat yourself. Thank you, Miracle Made, for sponsoring this episode. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another Next Lander podcast. Hope everybody's doing all right out there. I know. Over on the East Coast here in the New York area, those kids are on some kind of spring break. Spring break this week. I don't know if you're on spring break this week. If you are, hope you're enjoying it. If your kids are on spring break this week, hope you're enjoying it. Hope you I know believe, people. I believe for some out here, it is ski week. What does that mean? I think it's the same thing. Okay. Is it because they don't have they don't have seasons? It's just a, it's a, subtle suggestion of what you should do with your spring break perhaps a notion that perhaps the snow melt is coming and now is the time to get on your skis and or snowboards and ride i've I've just heard i've heard that phrase thrown around here and there i've heard it too though i don't think i ever made good on it during that period i've never heard that before it sounds sounds really bougie not to mention not to say that i I mean skiing is kind of inherently yeah it's kind of bougie (laughs) but like um Sled week, though, that's something I can get behind. Yeah, uh, I mean, you could just fucking grab a garbage can lid and sled down one of those things. That's that's for the people. My kids have off next week, and guess where uh, we're going to try and find some time to go snowboarding. Not skiing, snowboarding. X, you may have heard it, seen it on the X Games. Um, oh, yeah. 
It's very yeah. hot right now. It's pretty. It's a pretty big deal. Um, they, it's like, kind of like surfing, but you're on snow. Snow. I don't know if people listening to this know there was a time I was alive before snowboarding kind of existed as a thing. I mean, I'm sure yeah. people were doing it, but not until um, uh, Final Fantasy VII and uh, Clouds, yes. uh, Cloud Strife kind of invented it. Uh, snowboarding wasn't really a thing. No. Hmm. People, people Typing. How old is snowboarding in here? I'm going to say the, very early 90s. I'm going to say one of, it's one of those things Wikipedia is going to be like, in 1742. Yeah. Let's see. Sport according to no, Encyclopedia Britannica. Oh. What? Can't be trusted. The, the original Wikipedia. The hard copy Wikipedia. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Scanned in. It's all scanned in. Sport developed in the 60s and 70s, grew in popularity in the 80s, became an Olympic sport in 1998. Okay. So I'm they, going with Alex. 90s. The, the Olympic Committee also played Final Fantasy VII. Yes. And was like, wow, that thing, remember that thing Cloud did? We should put that in our games. There are three things that led to snowboarding. Cloud Strife, Dan Cortez, and uh, I don't know, who's that very famous snowboarder that did the- uh, Sean White. Sean White, yes. These oh, are the three. Wow. Stride Gum. Stride Gum, mm-hmm. Dan Cortez, and Cloud. These the are the flying, three things you need to know. The Flying Tomato? I don't know who that is. Wasn't that that was that was that was him, right? Is that Dan Cortez? No, no, Sean White. Oh, right? Sean White. Wasn't that his redheaded? He's got red he hair. He's a redhead. Yes. Wasn't okay. that the, wasn't that his nickname in the sports press? Sure. Yes. That's also my nickname for every sport I've ever played. They just yell. They say, "Look at that flying tomato." And yeah, like, I'm not a redhead, but this face turns beet red <laughs> anytime I have to do physical activity. So that kind of works. <laughs> kind of works. Anyway, I hope everybody's out, everybody out there is having a good time. Uh, and We're, uh, we always hope that and uh we'll we'll actually have our ski break ski week next week uh like i said my kids have their spring break as we call it here on the east coast i thought spring break was just a thing everybody called it everywhere uh going on i would so, never heard the term ski week before like a week a year ago maybe oh okay okay it's just as we get rid of seasons um yeah it's been kind of a been kind of a nice week out here speaking of spring break it's it kind of hit the 50s and 60s out here and weather's been nice it's been and a now it's san francisco windy. weather and now it's just like there's water just hanging in the air somehow. i literally I, I had to go drop off a package today and it was like walking through just like one of those spritzers that constantly <laughs> yeah. goes off during the summer when they're trying to like cool you when you walk by people's like various restaurants and whatnot That's but right. the whole fucking world was that <laughs> Uh, the world has embraced the mister, so get ready for all the good cores and mm-hmm. uh, miss, mister. Uh, we are here to talk about some video games as we roll into our little break. Uh, we've got some stuff we're going to cover, like Resident Evil 4, Dredge, Terra Nil. Our uh, little break. Our, our little adorable little sojourn away from work. Our little, our beautiful little break. Everybody, yeah. everybody needs to take a little time off. I talked about this in um, somewhere else uh, on a thing, uh, somewhere else, but like, and and uh, about taking time off when you have a job and you have a mm-hmm. boss and you have a, a whole corporate structure and maybe if you don't have a corporate structure also, but specifically when you're in the system. And then there was this a story I was uh, listening to about how 50% of employees do not use their vacation time in the United States. Uh, I sure as hell didn't. Yeah. Um, that was a huge mistake. At the time, it made sense. Looking back, I kind of wish we did. We had a – so anyway, What a, my point being that sometimes it gets very hard even if you have the vacation days to feel like you, A, deserve it, B, mm-hmm. can find the time to take it, and C, somebody doesn't give you a side eye if you're going to do it. Oh, um, you're taking that week off, huh? 
Oh. Well, I guess we can make up for it. Yeah, you're not really useful here, so yeah, go for it. I didn't even notice you were gone. It's just everything about it is set up. Um, And we had a rolling cap, at least at CBS, um, that was, I think... 200 hours somewhere in there um it was like the maximum it was 180 180 okay 160, somewhere in there. 180 something like that or maybe it was varied by title and then it just went and then it's just like one in and then you just lost everything over over on top of that mm-hmm. uh, yep. use it if, if you were just sitting at the cap as i often was you were yep. just losing vacation hours they just they just disappeared uh and that's kind of a bummer i always thought maybe they could you could i wish you could just give them to somebody else at the very least be like you know what just Somebody else who has a better kind work of business life you balance. Think we're running here, man. Just, just I'll trade. Uh, I'll trade you these work hours for a pack of smokes. Need a pack of cools. Um, no, like people. There are people who had better work life balances, and were like, "Yeah, go for it. Take these." Because it wound up being in situations where people didn't have it. I was like, "Just, just fucking take it. Just go. Like if yeah. you, if you can do it, just take off uh, and and go run with it. Uh, go live your th- life." There's plenty of times we're going to ask you to do stuff that's outside of the like 40 hour work week stuff on top of that. So go ahead and please take some time off. That all being said, I still feel weird taking time off, but I hope, uh, I hope there's a next lender to return. It's, we it's got to unlearn that. We I, gotta know, find a way. I know. I know. It's just, feel, you guys feel it too. Is we, it a little we weird, gotta, right? We, yeah. we got to do some group therapy. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, our we gotta, fir- our first thing was we're trying to say, well, we're going to try and take some time off every quarter. So we're, I think we've already, we did it. We scheduled the thing. We missed, we missed the first quarter, but uh, uh, we definitely reminded ourselves and we're trying. So I don't know. If you're out there, help us take, uh, what do you do? Help us take better right, care of ourselves. Right in the comments what your uh, vacation s- strategy is. Good stuff. Some people would just take two two weeks at a clip and just be like, "I, I, yeah, I don't want to name any names." Although if I if I did name the name that I'm thinking of, it would be out of respect. Yeah, I always respected when somebody was just like, "I'm just taking two weeks." Like taking I've got two the, weeks. I've got the hours, and I'm taking it. And I'm going out of the country. Yeah, and I'm like, man, that seems awesome. Good for you. Why yes. am I not doing that? Why am I not doing that? I took two weeks in two thousand three or four uh, when I went to Italy. And that was like a huge deal. And then I took two weeks when I had my kids. Each one. Two weeks. That's a month total. Um, I want to say there's maybe another spot in there. I don't know. I feel like I can remember each time because it's kind of such a big deal. Um, so anyway, that's a, that's my... Sorry, I'm, I'm airing my guilt here on the thing. Uh, what else uh, is the beginning of the show for but the airing of guilt? <laughs> it's just like... Sorry, my little. I, I I I got pretty good and strategic about compounding like built-in time off, mm. like holiday time off, or you know we've already got a long weekend. Let's just turn Stacking that into a it. week. The one the one hour liar to all this is that I I only had to burn like two weeks of PTO, maybe two and a half or something, but managed to basically get four weeks off at the end of twenty nineteen. Ooh. Or was it 2018? Oh, like in a December, like packed yeah, on a December, January it, thing? Yeah, it was like, you know, Christmas Eve and day or a Thursday and Friday mm-hmm. or something like that, you know, and then we get the whole week off after that. So if I burn like two weeks and three days or something, I can just yeah. make this four weeks off. It's It was heavenly. It's hmm. pretty healthy to just recharge. And I think the science, the data out there says something like you need at least three days to a week off to even just start to recuperate from, you yeah. know, spend the first two days still, What's you know, in sleeping. the zone. Let's, let's move <laughs> to France. Uh, no, I've heard they've re- they're raising the retirement age. Oh, know. of course. Yeah, yes. Okay. Yeah, let's, sorry. um, yeah. let's become, let's become postal workers, government employees. They get a lot of time. No, 
No, that not no. anymore. That's too late nah, for that. What's, yeah. what's the out here? Uh, become a politician. And oh, then, uh, yes. Okay. Become a politician. Yeah, that's, that's a that's a great world to enter these days. Mm. Uh huh. And then you could just vote, then you could just make the laws for yourself. Just uh, and say. Uh, vacation for me, but not for thee. Yeah, then you have to be the bad kind of politician. You have to be exactly the kind of person who should never hold power to do things like that. The only people sh- who should hold power are the people who don't want it. Yeah, yes, I agree thank, with that. Thank you, Gandalf. But it's, it's not working out. It's uh, So you say, are you saying we should have politicians like jury selection? Hmm. It should, should just be hmm. like, it's like, ah, oh, man, it's my turn to work the house for a year. I got, I got selected. No, there still has to be some kind of benchmark of competency, <laughs> which we also wait, do not have. Wait, is there? Yeah. And that's what there? I'm saying is if we're creating an actual ideal system here, we can't just bring in any John off the street because uh-huh. there are plenty of people who don't want to be powerful, but also are not good at being powerful. So maybe that's actually good. Are, are we about to just sit here and rewrite the lottery, except instead of being stoned to death, you are made president? <laughs> Is there is there a difference? Um, I don't want to be in a position of uh, I. You know, there are there are times I've thought like, hey, should I go and like be on our town or city or whatever? You know, council. City council. It seems so thankless. And oh I, yeah. I, luckily, the people that are on ours seem to do a very good job. I actually really like our mayor. Um, but man, does it seem thankless? There is a guy who I knew growing up uh, who still lives in my hometown who has, in the last several years, run for city council twice. Uh-huh. And this person, bless his heart, a very fun guy, an uh-huh. interesting guy, maybe the single least appealing, you putting you in power kind of person I can think of. Like a guy who, by I, politics in the right place, Heart in the right place. Yeah. But also, I mean, unless he has drastically changed his personality, I'm going to say ill-suited for public office. This is the wildest I- motherfucker I knew growing up. <laughs> maybe that. Maybe that's a, that. Maybe that's experience there. That's uh, years of experience have built up. To I'm have not a saying good perspective. Definitely do a bad job. I'm saying I would have to sit there and think long and hard about whether I would actually vote him into office or not. Uh, but I 100% agree with you, Brad. I, I do believe the um, the uh, the career politician stuff is is um, maybe a little rough these days. Of like using using the po- politics as a uh, vehicle for your personal brand is not necessarily the intent but maybe not work in the way it used to or it probably is oh there are plenty of people who are very visibly just in office for their own gain yeah yeah, but i'm saying like maybe it's always been that way i just don't know i don't know i'm not here to talk about to break down uh the ills of the political system though i said listen are you sure because i had like 25 minutes on the chicago mayoral election (laughs) written down i mean i had a whole thing that was uh that was plan b plan a was to get into some Resident Evil Four. We'll okay. start. We'll start there and see where yeah. we are. Yes, let's talk about. Let's talk about President Kennedy. Yes. Here, let's okay, tell me about I'm trying, uh, the, I'm trying the here. T virus. Mm-hmm. Something. Can candidate can Leon Kennedy for president? If you're in, let's say, office, and some group kidnaps your daughter, who are you mm-hmm. gonna call? Man, I forgot to say this last week, like right at the beginning of that game when he's on uh, the radio with um, Hunnigan, right? Isn't that her name? 
I don't remember. Using code names, they're all like, all the, Oh, yes. Come in, roost. This is yes. Condor One. Yes. And he's like, I'm pretty sure that Baby Eagle, the president's daughter, <laughs> yeah, is in the area. That it's like, stuck out fucking, to me. Like, you, don't, yeah, you suck. I, I don't think you, your code names work when you say what the code name represents on the radio right after that. Is is that all new too? The the, the um, walkie talkie back to home base. No, 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 did no, they just not show the cutscene like the reverse? Um, it was so. Uh, this may change, but after that first couple times of showing her full frame, like in a cutscene, it goes right back to the little portrait. Okay, like like okay. from the original game when you talk to her. So okay, that's because I don't remember the full frame like mm-hmm. animated. Uh, I think that's just a kind of beginning of the game, like establishing our production values. Okay. Let's talk about Resident Evil 4. Brad, yeah. you've made more progress. Yes. I have not really. Okay. Um, I, I um, ended on chapter two and then spent about, I'm not ashamed to say, maybe five tries so far to get past that little, well, bigger encounter that is dude, the kind of catwalks and the guys throwing dynamite at you. Game game hard. And like, I'm on normal is, hard. The game is punishing and kind of unforgiving in a way that like I'm finally coming to terms with. Like, I... I, I I like the game. I am warming up to it in fits and starts, I would say, but mm. still hitting points where I'm just like, man, something about this feels like the controls are a little awkward. The encounter balance and design, like anyway, we'll get into it. So, but so the dynamite stuff that I'm up to on this catwalk thing, I I failed it two times, and then it was like, this just feels like I they are going to put a weapon here that I'm missing because they're red barrels round. And everybody's got sticks of dynamite that they just spam at you. Like you get up from one, you're getting knocked down by another. And so I was like, this seems like a sniper thing. And I was like, they must have the rifle around here. I'm just missing it. But then you said, I was talking to you, Brad, you said you bought it. So yeah. it's at the vendor. Yes. Just to, to place this encounter, I believe it's the first big one you do right after you meet the the sales guy, the vendor for the first time, who I'm okay. kind of weirdly warming up to Okay. in his own way. Is he? Is that an Australian accent? I, I'm terrible with accents. I couldn't tell. He you. does say mate a fair okay. amount. Also, I, I got I got a what are you buying from him? Oh, great! Finally, it, it is in, in there. there. Okay, it's good. just pretty. It's pretty infrequent, but like that's a chatty dude. Uh, <laughs> he never shuts up, and I'm kind of like I don't know. He's he's amusing. So, because um, so I bought y- the yes. attaché case, I yes, spent my money um, on that. I think I I don't remember. I just somehow had enough to get both. I bought the attaché okay. upgrade there, but. Uh, I bought the rifle because he was like, hey, I'm limited time. You get the scope for free if you buy the rifle. So I just sold a bunch of stuff and got it. I found that rifle to be basically useless in that <laughs> big fight because like even at a head a headshot, a scoped headshot was not enough to kill enemies. Oh, at distance. it's not. Oh, um, okay. At least without upgrades. Um, or I was just really not hitting headshots like I thought I was. But I'm- like... I think I think my the single hardest thing about that game to, for me to deal with is close quarters combat when they get right up on you. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of the enemies will charge at you, and yep. if you miss the shots as they're coming at you, like you're just gonna take a hit. Like or or if you don't, if, if your you knife parry, is broken, yeah, yeah. If you if you parry at the last second, you might get it, but like you might still because like switching weapons is not instantaneous. Like they're it's just very easy for enemies to get on top of you in that game. Enemies have a grab move too, so they can yeah. grab. They get behind you pretty easily. Um, they, you know, they flank you pretty easily. They, those pitchfork guys, definitely do that running attack where you got to be ready. And you don't, unless I'm missing it. There's, I think I am missing. It. May I forgot about it. There is a sidestep, right, or a quick step to the side. Uh, I mean, there's a quick. There's a 180. There's a quick turn. I but there, is there no quick? I should go back and look at the controls again because I thought. 
I thought they tutorialized like a quick kind of shimmy to the side or something like that. And I kept hitting a bunch of buttons like, cause there's no roll, but I thought no. there was something. Uh, I don't think so. Boy, cause I, I couldn't, I couldn't run past the dynamite. Like, uh, I couldn't get out of the blast zone fast enough for a lot of the dynamite explosions. Yeah. And I was yeah, like, am like, I f- missing some kind of move? They'll, they'll like loading screen tool tip you that like, Hey, you can shoot the dynamite out of their hands and make it blow up. And I think that's kind of what they are expecting you to do is like try to track the guys throwing it at you and yeah. blow like the, them up at, at range, which is like easier said than done for sure. When there's like three or four guys bearing down on you, picking out who's throwing the dynamite and hitting that tiny shot. Uh, I shoot them in the There's head when they're holding a dynamite in the air, yeah, and like, yes. eventually they'll drop it on the ground. Yeah. But you can do that as well. But it will straight up just detonate if you can shoot it out of their hand, which okay. is great if you can pull it off. And then, um, but in this I, section I, I, in particular, there's there's like dynamite coming from behind you, in front of you, like it's that that part is hard. Like I I will confess, I also it took me four or five tries to get through okay. it too, and I I will straight up confess, I was like, man, am I slipping? Like yeah. I've played through a lot of video games in my life and some of them were pretty hard, but this is like a lot. This is not going well for me. And I finally and it's got my chapter head around. Two. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's like the second major combat encounter in the game. I think after that starting village, basically. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's definitely not just you. I've seen this, like this sentiment being shared a lot. Yeah. Like I, I basically just ended up kiting enemies around all those catwalks and trying to use the barrels strategically and just sort okay. of running and shooting and running and shooting. Okay. So there wasn't some big revelation. You just played it. You just played it like you would any video game where you just try to exploit it a little bit. Pretty much just kind of brute forced it. I, I will confess I've barely been parrying because the knife durability thing is just hitting me in my like finite it's resource. So depressing. Yes. Sensitivity of like, I kind of would like to be able to do. <clears throat> excuse me, self stealth kills, but especially the ones where you think you've killed somebody and then they start writhing on the ground and are mm-hmm. about to turn into a mutant guy mm-hmm. like those. Cause you can, you can stop that with a knife if you have right. knife durability left. And I really don't want to deal with those things. So I'm like, I don't want to be parrying if I can help it because I want to save knife for more useful stuff. I- um, the, you can upgrade the durability on the combat knife and there are better knives you can get later that are okay. even more durable, but that's like end game stuff. So, I wonder um, if there's I, an infinite knife if you beat it in like 20 you, you minutes have to or finish, There is. I, okay. I looked it up, but you have to finish the game to get it. So it's a new game plus okay. only thing. Um, trying to think what else. I, I honestly, if, if you're going to keep going with it, like so just a place where I'm at, I have just gotten the boat. Like okay. I'm in chapter four where they give you the boat and let you just roam the whole lake area. I think I'm, I think that's right before you go off to the castle, maybe. Anyway, uh, buy the bolt thrower. Okay. I don't, I don't know if you've seen it yet. Does it stick guys to walls? No, but what it does have is reusable ammo. Ooh, you can pick it up? Yes. Is so it you a can chance craft. to be reusable? No, no, it's guaranteed. Oh, that's you, great. Like, it, it's exactly the kind of weapon I would always ignore and did ignore for a while um, until I started having ammo problems, and then I took another look at it, and like I was like, man, actually, the unlimited ammo thing seems really nice here. You can craft kitchen knives into more bolts. <laughs> okay. So I've done that a couple of times. I have like 12 bolts that I'm working with and I haven't lost any of them. Okay. Um, but you can upgrade it to like a roughly like pistol, like good solid pistol damage. Is it a one, um, one headshot stagger? Yes. It'll stagger off of okay. headshots just like the pistol will. Um, I'm generally killing guys in two to four bolts. Um, and you get it is very back. slow. You, okay. Yeah. You just go up and loot them off of the guys as if they were ammo drops. It is very slow to ready and slow to fire and reload. Okay. So you do have to kind of be judicious about space and stuff, but 
Also, it's silent. Okay. Is the other thing. So you can... I, I just did another combat encounter that's similar with it's just a big catwalk area full of guys last night and kind of creeped around and killed like five or six of them without raising the alarm uh, before the shit popped off. So, okay, that part I'm at, I tried sneaking around, but I don't, I don't know if that encounter is set up for a stealth encounter because it seems no, like they, no, yeah. Okay. No, so I tried, I tried that too. And I right. basically off of the first kill, it raised the alarm. Cause it's one of those things where maybe you had this too. I definitely, by the third time I was doing it, it's like, I'm doing something wrong here. Like there's no yes. way this is, I like actually had the, that moment. I think you talked about this on the last podcast where I was doing okay. I was in a house and I had, I was just people coming in through a window, but I burned through, you know, 15 rounds of shotgun ammo and was like, I don't want this. <laughs> I don't want this victory. Yep. I'm, uh-huh. and I don't want, this isn't the way I want to win. That's, I'm missing something. I'm not going to burn through all of my shotgun ammo in this damn encounter. Classic survival horror safe scumming. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I, so like, I was like, I kind of just ran up to a barrel and was like, I'm just going to play it fast and loose. And I blew up and I was like, okay. Yeah. Cause I don't, yeah. it's gotta be a way to get through this without burning all the ammo. Yeah. You'll, you know, You'll you'll upgrade your health. You'll upgrade your weapons. Like again, like I said, the bolt thrower is very useful. Like I think you can come to terms with the ways that this game is hard. Okay, but it's it feels like it's lacking a certain elegance that like the RE2 remake had, for example. Uh, it's just a little clunky. Like the movement still feels too stiff to me. I have gone in and tweaked the ammo, or not the ammo. Sorry, the aiming. Um, mm-hmm. The aiming, like speed and acceleration, I've tweaked like five times, and I just can't get the aiming to feel like I want either. And you're on the console, you're on PS5? Yeah, I'm on, I'm on PS5. Okay. Um, and I assume some of that is just literally just coming from the fact that, like, hey, this is technically kind of a different game, even yeah, though it is the yes. same game. Totally, totally. It's just it, they, they made design decisions around how it should play and feel, how the movement should work and stuff, and it's just different. And maybe it's just not as much to my taste. Um, I just feel like I get overwhelmed. Yeah, it's, yes. Yeah, you really just kind of have to brute force it until you feel more comfortable with crowd management, and I s- yeah. still don't feel great about it, even three more hours in past you or whatever. Yeah, okay. Um, there's some interesting stuff in this game, though. Like, I I really meant to pull up a list of, like, show me everything new in the remake so I make sure that I'm not just forgetting stuff, but, like, the charms, I don't think there was any equivalent for in the original game, which you haven't gotten to I'm yet. I'm not up to that yet. Yeah. There's a shooting range where you can earn tokens and then put them in a, into a capsule machine and get charms out that yeah. have just all, all kinds of weird buffs on them. Huh? They're like randomized. I think there's like 30 charms in the game. Do they like equip to a weapon or your, your you, person? You, equi- you can equip three of them on the attache case. Ooh. Okay. And then, so like the two I've gotten so far are like, chance to craft extra shotgun shells, which is certainly nice when that has procced. Uh-huh. Um, and the better one I got was black basses restore a hundred percent of health. Which okay. Maybe they give you a lot of health by default, but with this charm equipped, you get all your health back from them because the area I just went through last night, I picked up like six black bass. Ooh. So you, you like I'm just them in your inventory. They're, they're, they're pretty big. Okay. They're pretty big. Inventory space is definitely an issue in this game, which is certainly compounded by the fact that you can basically only put weapons in storage. Okay. You can't store crafting materials or ammo or basically any healing items except first aid sprays. Hmm. So most of the stuff you pick up, you are just stuck rolling with at all times, unless you destroy it or craft it. Uh, So yes, that's a lot of fish in my case, but, but having essentially like five full health recharges is pretty nice. That's pretty good. Uh, I, I do not regret now. I think I said this last time I started this on 
um, whatever they call the thing over they thought, Yeah, dude, that Be- would have been like a nightmare. Because that's what their description is like. Have you beaten Resident Evil 4 before? And it's like, yeah, I, did, I totally did. And it's like, this is for you then. And it's like, right. And then I'd- I told you, like, I had to bomb out because I was going to turn HDR on, or not HDR, uh, uh, ray tracing on it. It's like, oh, this is from the main menu. It didn't hold my save. And I was like, let me go to normal because I don't feel like grinding for pesetas or, or money in here. And now I'm really glad I, I did that. And I'm not uh, trying to make my way through on a harder difficulty because I can't boy, imagine. I cannot imagine on a first run playing this game on hard. <laughs> no, maybe that meant your second run through Resident Evil for this is the problem with not having the remake in the title. Maybe it means like you've played through Resident Evil 4 remake already. Right. Uh-huh. Yeah, maybe that's what Yeah, I could mean. I could totally see a new game plus on hard in this cuz like yeah. I said you can get that that infinite durability knife and your weapons are all super upgraded at that point. Yes. Infinite rocket launcher. For a normal difficulty level, it's quite difficult. It's pretty punishing. I want to go back in uh, and take another stab at it. Uh uh-huh. but um yeah, so far it's frustrating. That's what that's yeah. I, I'm yes. enjoying it, but I'm I'm getting frustrated kind of in that um Callisto protocol way of like what is I'm not meeting this game in a gameplay way that it it wants me to. Like something's yeah. off here. Yeah. Um uh, about this. And so I want to figure it out. Maybe maybe I will. I think I feel like I finally got there with Callisto protocol of like all right, I think I'm playing the way you intended me to play. But I'm not. It's not happening in Resident Evil Four because I'm just winding up in the house, getting swarmed by people. Yeah, like coming totally. through the door. I think. I think. By, or at least for me, by the time I got up to where you get the boat, both you've gotten a little more used to the combat, and the game has opened up, so you can start backtracking and okay. getting stuff you missed and exploring more. Like I, I think that's that's past the lake boss. Just if you remember the first game. Yeah, I love the, the lake boss. It was my favorite sea, part of four. Sea monster thing. Or I left the the setup for it was fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So that that's about where I feel like the game really starts to click, and I think I'm I'm pretty into it now. But boy, it was kind of rough getting there. Maybe I should try shooting. Like go back. Uh, see, I go for headshots in four, and I go for leg shots in other Resident Evil, like two and three. Maybe I should go back and try some leg shots and see if it slows them down uh, more. Yeah, I, don't I skip leg day. Yeah. <laughs> I think you can stagger off of leg shots in this. It yeah. might be less reliable. I'm not 100% sure. I just always want to pop that headshot, you know, and, yeah. and, and yes. get it if I can. Maybe I'll switch yeah. back to mouse, too, and try some mouse aim. That that would definitely help. But uh, but again, this is also where the bolt thrower made me feel better because I just feel like, you know, you don't feel like you're wasting ammo as much when you've got a thing that's just functionally kind of infinite. Do you get them back if you shoot them into the ground or miss? Yeah. Okay, yeah. you just got to be on the screen, like don't I, shoot it up too high or something. Yeah, I'm guessing if you the only way if you shot it out outside the map bounds, essentially you would probably okay. lose it. But okay. other than that, I, I've I, I keep waiting for that to happen. I keep mm-hmm. waiting for like a bad encounter where I'm like, shit, man, I lost a third of my bolts or whatever. But right, somehow I have kept it at twelve the entire time. You're gonna you're gonna throw them. You're gonna both throw them into some boss or something that's gonna push you right into a cutscene uh-huh. where like a yep. like a th- building's gonna collapse on that boss and you're not gonna just be able to get for them back. It. Yeah, just waiting for it. It is uh, the crafting. It's it's a kitchen knife and a large resources, which is which are pretty rare. Okay, so it is you can't just craft willy nilly. But now you know uh, to save them up for it. Mm-hmm. That's Resident uh, Evil Four. Yeah, yeah. Last mm-hmm. thing I actually meant to say about it, like I to be clear, I I have been feeling this way, and then I saw a Games Radar piece on this. So just in case somebody read that, like came to this independently, but very much agree with their piece that this game feels like it takes itself maybe a little too seriously compared to the original. Mm. Like there's a fair amount of camp in RE4 
And maybe there's more of that later in this, but this feels like a kind of more grim, dark version of RE4 that is sort of a little missing the absurdity that's in that game. Okay. I haven't gotten that far yet, so I, haven't se- I don't think I've seen those those moments yet. I feel like directionally, that's just kind of where Resident Evil in general is headed. Like yeah. as much as you know, giant vampire mommy and you know stuff like that was like kind of campy. I feel like the tone of the last two games has been a lot more. No motherfucker, you are in some horror shit. And I feel like they like with the remakes especially, they were kind of trying to glide over some of the really goofy parts. Of early yes. Resident Evil. Yes, for sure. The remakes especially. This feels very much of a piece with those. Mm. Of This is some deep, dark, serious horror shit. And again, I, I don't take this as a, oh, well, these remakes aren't good because of that. Like, I, I miss that. I do miss the real goofball shit in Resident Evil. But those games, I mean, like, it's hard to deny what they've done on those remakes. So, like, from a pure gameplay standpoint, like, those things are pretty baller. So, I think I'll get a package. Two, three, and two, three, four. Some, uh, mm. some like roll up. I know people mm. are talking about it on our, our Discord, and I'm sure across the internet. But do we get one? Does one come back That's, in that, a re- I remake? I, I joined in a conversation about that on on the Discord the other day. As much as I generally rail against, like, hey, we maybe we don't need so many remakes. I feel like a huge hypocrite because I was immediately just like, yes, I would extremely, yeah, just just make RE one in the style of that RE two remake. I would extremely play that. I mean, okay, do Resident Evil fans kind of, like, like block out the series in kind of, like, trilogy blocks? Because I kind of feel like 1, 2, and 3 are of a kind. Yeah. 4, 5, and unfortunately 6 are yes. kind of of a kind. Yes. And then 7 and 8, obviously, are very much similar, and I imagine they will do something along those lines for 9 whenever they get there. Yeah, I feel like I saw some comment that they might be done with first person after eight i'm not 100 percent sure about that also the story of eight like the ethan's story is kind of done yeah so i don't know so maybe they nine. don't go for a third on yeah. that that run yeah like one two and three definitely are very much of a specific style yeah nobody talks about code veronica unfortunately <laughs> remake code veronica yeah i think they said not that long ago that that one was not really in the cards right now do you want you want a ridiculous campy resident evil Maybe that's the problem, is that that's, there's there too go. much to strip out of that. There you go. So that one remake was, like, what, 10 years ago? More than that? Gosh. More than no, that, no, either. that came out on the GameCube. That was a very <sighs> long... T- they, they re- you're, you're thinking about the re-release of that remake, which was pushing yes. 10 years ago. On the yeah. PS4, I think? Um, yeah. Was that where it started? PS4, Xbox? I believe that's right. Yeah. That's where I that's where I played it. I didn't play it on the GameCube. Yes, that remake came out 21 years ago. Oh wow, I was all right. I enjoyed it when I played yeah. it. Like again, and not my that bones long ago. have turned to dust. <laughs> I, I I own that remake on the Xbox and have never played it, and probably should. It's like not bad. It's it, it yeah. was um it was it was I played it not that long ago. It was all right, uh, but it's not in the modern style. Uh, clearly, so. Yeah, I don't know. I'd, I'd go for it. I think it would lose a little something. So while I would say hesitant, I'd like to see it. I get why people would be like, no, you need that tank controly kind of more uh, rendered background look. Like that is Resident Evil 1. Yeah, I mean, um, a lot of people have the same affection for 2, and I think they kind of knocked that out of the park. So I think they did too. So, uh, um, 
I mean, if, if it was if it was a case of you you can have a an RE one remake or a new Resident Evil, I would take the new game, of course. But it doesn't seem like that's the case because they are really just cranking these things out concurrently. Yeah, remakes and new games all over the place. Like they are, man. It's a lot. Resident Evil fans are feasting. Yes, it's, it's a lot. It's a lot of Resident it Evil. Is, it is both itchy and tasty. Mm-hmm. Uh, Resident Evil Four out now. You can catch it wherever you get your video games, except on the Switch. Uh, you can get it on the PC and the PlayStation and the Xboxes. Uh, Resident Evil Four. Look for Resident Evil Five remake in I don't know six months. I'm kidding. It's not announced. It's yeah, that anymore. that that should not happen. <laughs> I like. I know you also like Five. I like yeah. Five a lot more than most people, but like that's too new and too functional. Still, like there are better uses of development resources go collect your rotten eggs what's the what's uh, the psp or vita one the, the which one the, the one that came out around six or Ooh, oh um um oh my god how can i not remember the name of that game was that 3ds or vita uh, i thought it was uh, revelations are you thinking about revelations I think i'm thinking of revelations i think that might have been on the vita i thought it was a vita i didn't i did not love those games uh i don't know if i even played it they were they were much smaller in scope they were from what I remember, they were more action focused and less exploration because they're, you know, those systems were just pretty weak. Vita. All right. That's going to do it for our Resident Evil fo- coverage for this week. Maybe, hey, look, maybe by the time we come back after next week, we'll have some, uh, we'll come back to Resident Evil. We'll hear some, yeah. some other stuff. Yes. Uh, new games are landing. So we're going to have some new stuff to look at over the break, but I'm deep enough into this that I. Definitely want to keep playing it. Maybe maybe I will have finished it by then. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back with more games. Stick around. This week's show is brought to you by Rocket Money. Brad Shoemaker, Alex Navarro. I bet you guys have subscriptions. I had a lot of subscriptions. I had too many subscriptions. And at a certain point... I had to drill down. I had to I had to focus. I had to make sure that I did not have so many subscriptions anymore. You had to take time out of your day. My busy schedule. Your time, which is worth more than anything, to find those subscriptions and cancel. Brad Shoemaker, do you live a subscription lifestyle? I am just a walking monthly bill at this point. <laughs> it's the world we live in. If you need help, boy, guys, I got some uh, I got some news for you. Rocket money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills all in one place. It says here that most people think they're spending $80 on their subscriptions, but in reality, the number is closer to 200 My God. What are we even doing? With Rocket Money, you can easily cancel the ones you don't want with just the press of a button. Rocket Money also lets you monitor all your expenses in one place, recommends custom budgets based on your past spending, and they'll even send you notifications when you've reached your spending limits. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions and manage your money the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash nextlander. That's rocketmoney.com slash nextlander. Rocketmoney.com slash nextlander. Thanks, Rocket Money. And we are back, and I'm going to talk a little bit about a game. Uh, I was going to say surprise, surprise hit for me, but 
something I had actually been looking forward to since we did the Planorama for March. That's Dredge. Dredge is the kind of fishing game, sinister fishing uh, game. Yes. Okay. Uh, it's That's uh, pretty good. Great. Yes. Forthcoming sequel to Ridiculous Fishing. Yeah. Sinister fishing. It's uh, you're in charge of or you're a or you got your own little boat there. You see your captain of the boat, but it's really just you uh, on a boat in kind of this uh, 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 small fishing village in this. I'm going to say the atmosphere. I, th- I said this last time, and I think it still holds kind of elder God ish, uh, old gods kind of vibe. Hey, Lovecraftian. And, like, yeah. Love. Yes. Lovecraftian. Um, there tentacles. Wait, we saw tentacles. Well, we definitely saw tentacles. Plenty of tentacles. There were yes. giant tentacles. Yes. Yes. Uh, and it, it takes place a lot on the sea and what lies beneath the sea and everything. It's very it seems f- bad down there. Very fell, you know? Yeah. Uh, fell, fell wind, fell omen. Fell um, over. <laughs> fell over. Uh, you get boat boat upgrades by catching fish and spending money. You There's tech trees. Uh, the whole time you're trying to do these uh, pursuits, they call them. They're basically tasked within the game. Little, some story related, main story related, some kind of little quests around town. Whole thing's got a great atmosphere and a great vibe that I really dig. Upgrade mechanics are fun and useful uh, and make sense. The, the inventory, uh, speaking of Resident Evil 4, is very Resident Evil 4 kind of inventory Tetris. But it, it works and it makes sense because you're catching fish that are shaped differently and you need to fit them in your hold, your ever-expanding hold. Mm-hmm. I think the game wraps up maybe a little fast for my taste. I don't mean our count. I mean just kind of escalation. Uh, sure. It, go, it kind of goes from doing a bunch of stuff to, hey, heads up, you were, you're in the end game um, and we're not saving our game anymore. Uh, so... That was a little jarring. I think I put like 13, 14 hours into this game. It's uh, And there's a lot of sailing around, getting upgrades and uh, 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 buying stuff. So that was definitely ate up a lot of time. Filling out the fish encyclopedia if you want to try and get all the fish and different types. My crab some, traps. Some messed up fish in there. Ooh, yeah. Ooh, you don't want to eat any of those fish. A lot of good, like, you delivered this oozing, dripping package to someone and they disappeared and they come back and they're just in a stupor with some... Tell me about your oozing, dripping package. It's, uh, I should see a doctor. Definitely. It's, should I, I'm typing, I'm typing it into the post form right now. I don't know. What do you think? Uh-huh. Oozing, dripping package. Let me no. just, let me just see. Okay. <laughs> Podcasts, 096, oozing, uh, dripping package. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. It's a fell, yeah. it's a fell title, Brad Shoemaker. Not a maybe, fan. Maybe, you know, a fell title is not the worst title. <laughs> um, it's uh, it's really cool. I really like it. It it pulled me off of Lunark, another game that I wanted to play before we got here. But I was like, man, I really just want to see how where this goes and what happens here. So I did finish it, and um, uh, there are a couple of ways to wrap it up, and then it kind of puts you in pre end game, so you can go back in and if you miss stuff or you want to go and and kind of fill out your encyclopedia. It's not it's not a post game. It just takes you back to your save before you kind of initiated the the really last few steps to finish the game up it's not a lot um does the storytelling remain that kind of like understated text boxes and kind of flavor text on quests and stuff or um i mean you're you're it's dialogue with uh, the 
NPCs, the characters around, but yeah, it's mostly that. I mean, there's there's no big like cinematic cutscene or anything that happens. Though, uh, you know, there's there's a visual set piece stuff that happens towards the end, and it's cool. It looks cool. Or I guess maybe a better question is like, is it pretty much the same gameplay right up to the end? Like, are you are you beating the game by fishing, or does it take any <laughs> weird turns? You are actually beating the game kind of by fishing. Like the gameplay I'm, is the same as you as you. Do you have to fish? <laughs> do you have to fish Cthulhu out of the depths to beat the game? So it's funny, like just for example, like the the puzzles in the game will always involve some usual. Well, I should say always, but mostly involve some form of fishing, right? Mm-hmm. Hey, I need these three fish to solve this puzzle, or these three sea creatures, or crustaceans, or something. But it's creative enough that it, while the mechanics are the same, it doesn't necessarily feel like you're doing the same puzzle over and over again. Um, which is funny because how many times can you be like, go get these three different things, and it's like. Okay, you just want me to go fish in these three areas. Uh, it's weird too because there are zones, kind of like a Zelda game, where it's like here's the lava zone, or here's the you know, and you need to have your lava fishing rod to go fish in the lava zone. So Ooh. it's it's kind of interesting, and and the gating is neat in that respect, and it feels different as you're going through the different areas. The uh, being out at night gets progressively more harrowing as you're uh, being as you know, suddenly ghost ships start appearing and chasing you down or uh weird, again, more tentacle monsters. It's a cool game for cool people. Okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Wait, I'm a cool person. Then you would like, I think you would like this game. Drudge. It's pretty slow moving. Uh, the, the pace is not speedy. Uh, I would say if you're going to put points in, you might want to put points into getting your engines upgraded because those will move your boat faster and that's going to dictate a lot of the pace of the game. Um, More so, I think, than the actual fishing speed, which is another upgrade you can do. I think actually getting from point to point is a more time-consuming thing than actually reeling the fish up, this big real fish or real big fish. Uh, So yeah, Dredge, I think it's neat. It's 25 bucks. It seems like um, the entire time I was playing was like, man, this feels like a Steam Deck game. If I don't have a Steam Deck. Guess where I downloaded it to. Your Steam Deck? Yes. It seems like a game you just kind of want to sit on a couch and chill with and, and do some fishing on that thing. I like it a lot. It's also, I think, released now on the Switch, the PC, and uh, co- other consoles as well for 25 bucks. Dredge. Dredge. Dredge I'm the fisherman. Uh that's Dredge out now. Alex, tell mm-hmm. me about Terra Nil. Terra Nil uh is a game that I'm going to put in the category of the low key strategy game. Low key. Yeah, like so I you know, I I think you could probably like lump this in in the in the category of something similar to like a dwarf romantic or what have okay. you. Okay. Um it's more of like a city builder kind of thing, but it is a, more of like an environment cleaner than a city builder. Um, you are it's giving like, these- a, like a reverse city builder, I think is how I've seen it described almost. Yeah, because in the end, when you're done with each map, uh, you actually have to clean up all the machinery you use to uh, to sort of like <laughs> fix the world. But so you're giving these different biomes and they're all, you know, just kind of like poison dirt farms at the beginning. And what you have to do is you first you have to detoxify the earth. Then you have to start, you know, uh, irrigating, uh, create power, like wind power so that you can power these systems, uh, you know, make sure that waterways start getting filled up and that kind of thing. You're trying to like pump, you know, uh, 
humidity into the atmosphere. You're trying to clean up the world around you and try and make it all look as as pretty and 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 pastoral as it can be. How's that working out for you? It's interesting. I don't think I'm as into it as I was hoping. Uh, um, okay. It's very slight. Like the strategy is not. You know, it's not without challenge, but I wouldn't say that it is particularly invested in like really testing, you know, your 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 strategic mind as far as like where you're placing stuff, how you go about cleaning up the environments. It's also not a particularly content heavy game. There's only a handful of maps um, and that'll run you some hours, you know, to play through those. But, uh, you know, if you're you're talking about buying it at launch, I feel like maybe it's just. It's maybe a little thin, but it not in not in a terrible way. It's just it's not as invested in like you playing this forever as it is mm. as maybe some other games. I mean, on the topic of it being somewhat slight, I just discovered that it's on iOS and I was like, oh cool, this sounds like it might be a good iPad game. Two things there. First of all, I clicked through the app store and they straight up like the tagline is Terra Mill, a reverse city builder. Yes. Uh-huh. The more problematic thing, it's a fucking Netflix game. Uh, of course it is. Does that so, mean you have to have your Netflix subscription? Yes, you yes, can't get it unless yes, you have a subscription. Yes, you can't, okay. you can't play it unless you have a Netflix subscription, which I am not going to pay no. for just to play a mobile game. Is no, it free if you it. have a Netflix subscription? Yes. Okay. Yeah, like I played Into the Breach a little bit on iPad when that happened just to see how it worked. Okay. And then deleted it in disgust. <laughs> I just want to pay you for your game. Just let me buy your game right. and own it, please. Right. No, nothing uh, should be clarified. Nothing against Into the Breach. It's more of the, no. the model. No, 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 no. Yeah. I mean, like, I, I, I even would have nothing against this Netflix model if you could also have the option to buy the game. Like, right. I'll, fucking, I'll give you 20 bucks for Into the Breach on iPad. Listen, they are clinging to those subscriptions as best they can. Yeah, it's just the exclusivity part that's annoying. Like, if it was a value add for people who did have Netflix, like, sure, fine. That sounds cool. Yeah. Just well, it, not having the option to just have it for permanently. No, sucks. It's twenty five bucks on the PC side of things, which um, I don't think is like an unfair price. Yeah. I think I, you know the game. Like I said, I think the the progression in the different environments and like kind of the tools they start throwing at you and the ways that it kind of diversifies itself over time. Like there's there's enough there. I just don't know that the gameplay is really hitting for me as much as I was hoping. Like it's pleasant, you know. It's 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 a nice, satisfying feeling to clean up these environments and turn them into, you know, livable habitats again. I just, there's some fiddly things with the interface, like the way you have to sometimes use tools to, like, complete certain tasks. It all feels like maybe a little bit rigid in a way that I don't love. Mm. And, you know, I just, I think that the, I guess for me, like, it just the amount of strategy in it is not that high. Like, it's not, it's not really hitting my brain in a way that makes me feel like, I want to spend hours tooling around and trying to get like, you know, you know, the maximized experience out of this. It's more just like, okay, I'm done with this. I'll move on. Terra nil. Leave Terra only nil. footprints. Take yes. only screenshots. Um, leave only leave- uh, the occasional wind farm that you forgot to clean up. <laughs> leave only pylons. Take mm-hmm. only Vespine gas. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's, that's- my life for ire. There's more. It's more Vespine gas where that came from. <laughs> we require more Vespine gas <laughs> where that came from. Uh, Terranel out now on the PC and apparently on mobile via a Netflix subscription. Uh, mobile. That's going to do it, I think, for the games this week. You guys have anything else to add in there? 
No, I oh. played a little more of, of Crime Boss, but oh. I'm I'm officially mm. done with Crime Boss. Officially, okay. Yeah, Wait, no. Did you just go to double check and yeah, make sure? Yeah, another patch came, so I was like, okay, okay, did they make it good this time? No. Okay. That game's not amazing. I mean, it's right. amazing, but it's not you, good. You heard it here first. We tried that out on stream if you want to see last week, last Friday. Uh, mm-hmm. You can go check us out. Uh, where you can also see Dredge and Lunark. Lunark, a game I also really enjoyed. Would like to get back to that as well. Maybe yeah, talk about for, that. Thanks to the developer of Lunark for popping into Twitch chat and filling us in on stuff and handing out some keys and so forth. The thing I will say for Crime Boss, I kind of, I guess I'm maybe primed to check out Payday 3 now when that finally comes out. Yeah. I don't. I don't know that I want to go back to Payday Two. It's kind of old enough, and Payday Three supposedly is this year. That I might as well just wait for the new one. But kind of interested in checking it out now. I yeah to play like I, play I, a better version of that. Play like that, but what people want. I'm curious. I mean, the, I don't know enough about the Payday franchise to know what's going to be different. But this is a different publisher coming out for payday three is that right uh prime matter is publishing three it looks like prime matter man they're all over the place um yeah um all right uh that's gonna do it for the games and then some and we're gonna be right back we're gonna tackle the news some story that just came out right before we started airing which Mm -hmm. i thought was interesting big stuff Uh, yeah yeah big stuff or small stuff uh we'll be right back stick around This week's show is brought to you by Bespoke Post. Alex Navarro, you know I love packages. I mean, I get them all the time. It's always an exciting time when a box arrives at your door. It is always an exciting time. Sometimes they open that box and it's from Bespoke Post. And inside that box, like this week, is a knife. That's a, a, you know, a thing I can use when I need to cut things. I think this one, I, this, I've gotten more than a few knives from Bespoke Post. Are you trying this, to say that when you get a knife, the thing you need to do with a knife is knife? <laughs> I might have gotten around to say that in a shorter way, I, yes. Yeah, all right. Uh, this one was uh, specifically a uh, fishing knife, which means it's got uh, all the things you need to fillet a fish, let's say, or, or field dress a fish. Bespoke Post puts together a box of awesome, and the things inside that box range from whiskey glasses, which I've gotten, I've gotten... Uh, incense things that I still have and use in my bathroom, uh, and sometimes, occasionally, a knife uh, that'll go inside a kit that is themed because, Alex Navarro, you take a quiz at boxofawesome.com. Your answers will help them pick the right Box of Awesome for you. They release new boxes every month across a ton of different categories, and each box is valued at around $70.00. But you're only going to pay a fraction of that price. This is one of my favorite parts, Alex. With each box of awesome, you're supporting small businesses. 90% of everything that comes in your box of awesome is from a small up-and-coming brand. It's free to sign up, and you can skip a month or cancel at any time. To get 20% off your first monthly box, sign up at boxofawesome.com and enter the code NEXTLANDER at checkout. That's boxofawesome.com, code NEXTLANDER, for 20% off your first box. Boxofawesome.com, code NEXTLANDER. Thanks, Bespoke Post. 
And we are back. And it's time for the news. Let's start with this news here about a new PlayStation handheld device. What, what are we doing here? A, it's a new... They, they, they've had two cracks at this already. Have they not learned their lesson? Well, this one sounds a little different. No, I, who, yes. who wants to pick this one up and run, run with it? This comes courtesy of Tom Henderson over at Insider Gaming. Uh, and I'm going to say this still very much falls in the old uh, rumor category as those things go. Uh-huh. But uh, Tom, Tombo, is a uh, is reporting that there is a new PlayStation handheld in development. Uh, the code name for the device is allegedly Q-Lite. Q-Lite. And this is a piece of hardware that basically requires you to have a PlayStation 5 if you're going to do much of anything with it. That's yes. what it's... Streaming so, device. So as of the time of this recording, this news is kind of um, still... still circulating and the rumor mill still going yes. so like uh, more information's coming Again, out take all this with grains of yeah. salt as needed yeah so. like jeff grubb was out there saying he's heard similar uh it seems like there probably is something to this but boy does it sound underwhelming to me so i think it sounds like initially maybe grubb said it was going to be a cloud streaming device which is not this is more of the game streaming from the the remote play from the the ps5 not a lot of details in this insider gaming story because does that mean you could remote play outside of the home or, you know, like, is, will there be services set up? I think remote play is also behind the paywall, right? That's behind the, the PlayStation Plus paywall. Yeah, so, I mean, you can get on PlayStation Now or the higher tiers of Plus uh, give you some of that stuff as well. So um, kind of seeing all, all that stuff, I I don't know. It, it really sounds like a dual sense with an eight inch touchscreen in the middle of it. Like is basically what's described here. Yeah. It really just sounds like it's got all the features of a dual sense, but a screen to stream to. Um, yes. And presumably this requirement of PS five hardware is like, they don't want people just buying this thing and signing up to their streaming service without buying the console. Although maybe they should want that. But now the PlayStation five system, but now the PlayStation 5s are more readily available, I can see them wanting to make a push to be like, no, you need one of these things. Yeah, I mean, this looks like it's kind of drafting off the success of the Steam Deck to me, but maybe kind of missing the point of why the Steam Deck is so popular. Yeah, because Remote Play kind of exists already. They also have that that PlayStation controller dock for your phone that you can kind of, st the thing that wraps around your phone that you can use. Yeah. Um, and you can kind of do it on anything, and, yes. and since the PlayStation ecosystem is Bluetooth, you can kind of hook a PlayStation controller up to a lot of things. Right. Um, like, and, I've, I've done it on my laptop. And, right, and, yes. And, and with, like, the Steam Deck and other similar devices, which we'll get to, I mean, this Asus one is not the only one. There's others out there, most of them running Windows. You can install Chiaki or Sony's own remote play app in Windows and just do it on that. You know, like, it just... I'm not 100% sure what the market is for this. If it's a turnkey play your PlayStation from your bed, like, I guess I kind of get it, you know, just like dedicated. Like there's some appeal to that. Yeah, yes. yeah like, sure. I mean, you know, I, I always forget, like, I don't, I don't really have like TV contention in this house to deal with. And some people I know with kids or, you know, big families, it's like, hey, sometimes the TV's just in use and it's nice to have a handheld to play on. And like, yeah, okay, that, that totally makes sense. But again, it just seems like, 
you know, maybe if this is a hundred bucks or something, that's the mm. selling point. You know, it's like, Hey, here is a cheap turnkey way to do this. Just buy it, log into your PSN account and you're good. Yeah. I guess I could see that, but like there are so many other options for doing this already that it seems like a stretch to make bespoke hardware for it as well. I th- I think, you know, <clears throat> it's always important also to remember that there are, there are large segments of the market. I, I assume large segments of the market that they're just all in on the PS five, no computer, no P no gaming PC, you know, the, no laptops, no gaming laptops, or maybe, you know, they have a laptop for work or something like that. And this device could fill that fill a niche. They're not they're not looking for a Steam Deck equivalent or anything like that. They just want something that they play PS Five. That's all they do, uh, and they want something where if they're sitting somewhere else, they can play their PS Five games remotely yeah. to it. So, yeah, yeah, you know the, the Sony and PlayStation brands still both command a decent amount of brand loyalty. So I could def- definitely see some people yeah. just going like, okay, yeah, I'm going to get the thing made by PlayStation to play the PlayStation games remotely. But you may bring up a good point about price point where, you know, if it's not storing a bunch of games and it's just, it's connecting locally and I mean, it also re- doesn't have to read media. doesn't have to read media. Does, does remote play work outside of the home? Um, gosh, can, it's can been you so, set up to I, tunnel I, in? I think it definitely did. I feel like I remember doing PS4 remote play from the office off and on. Okay. And it did work. I think that's still the case. So are you are you pulling stuff from a cloud or are you pulling stuff from your actual console? No, it's just streaming from your console. Okay. Um I, I, I don't know. I I, I will say in I, even in the home over just a LAN, I have not had the best experience with remote play on the PS5. Just choppy choppy audio and consistent frame rate stuff like that. So Yeah. I, I did I, it I, once or twice on the laptop. It seemed okay uh for me. But yeah, I, I th- this could be this could be their half step. It's not a Vita. You know, it's not yeah, a PSP. I guess I saw the first I became aware of this was a bunch of people going like, oh my God, they're making a new Vita on Twitter. And it was just like, come on. If these rumors are true. Come on. Uh, yeah. There is no life left in the Vita, my friend. And honestly, like, I don't think that's a market Sony wants to get into again. I, no. and I don't, Nintendo I don't blame doesn't them. even want to yeah. be in that market anymore. Yeah, I don't blame them, you know, um, especially as you had this intersection not to get too into the weeds here this intersection where handhelds and and consoles basically just started to collide and blur where you're like well what's really the difference here they're very powerful handhelds you just lower resolution then you're making the same game now just a slightly worse version of it yeah um and that started to get weird Uh, yes so so I, i get it an important detail in all of this is that this is kind of wrapped up in some larger rumors about where Sony is going with PlayStation 5 stuff over the next, let's say, year and a half. Uh, there is this talk of, like, a second phase of PlayStation 5, which sound, like, at least according to the rumors that are going around, uh, there's the opt- uh, like the possibility of a PlayStation 5 Pro, uh, a version of the existing console that has a detachable disk drive, uh, some, like, other stuff involving like wireless headsets like it sounds like there is a sounds like there is a big hardware if not refresh then you know like variety pack coming in as part of the quote unquote second phase of PlayStation 5 yeah like we t- we talked about the detachable disk drive rumor last year or sometime i think when that broke yeah. like that makes sense to me like obviously there's going to be a smaller PS5 at some point like a slim model that that always happens so that seems like maybe a good time to do that. 
This thing about a PS5 Pro is disturbing to me. <laughs> like, yeah. fucking, we super don't need a PS5 Pro at all. It, like, yeah. What, I, what is the point of that? Like, I, why I, are you going to fragment your install base again when, like, there are barely games shipping that are PS5 exclusive yet? And I was just going to say, yeah, like, we're already trying to bring in the PS4 generation on right. games. Like now I, you're going to have this extra stratification. Like I, yes. Like I, I very much cotton to the idea with the PS4 pro of, and the same with the, the one X of just, Hey, those consoles were not great off the jump in terms of hardware specs. And then 4k TVs happened on unex- mm-hmm. kind of unexpectedly. Right. And VR faster. And it was, yeah. And it was just like, everybody's buying 4k TVs right now. We need to get something out there that can, that is better than struggling to hit 1080p. Right. Um, and HDR happened too. Yeah, right. Yeah. Like, and, and these consoles are very solid pieces of hardware and have barely been exploited so far. So the idea that we're 18 months away from a more powerful PS5 is just like, what? I don't even know what would what would be on that chart for that. Like, a, right. a, aside from maybe, a, you know, the typical heat and, you know, die shrinkage you know the 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 gpu cpu updates that you might get but they can't do anything too drastic because you can't go too far away from your base you can't go too far away ahead so i guess maybe you could have a thing where you're integrating better ray tracing and you're not having to choose between performance and uh um quality modes on a pro like, you got to hope for two things here if you're going to do that. One, that Microsoft is also going to do this, because if you're the only one doing a half-step console this time around, that's not going to look great. No. And two, if you do end up in a situation where you are the only one doing it, you had better have a real good hook for this new hardware, because I don't think... Because there isn't really a resolution or video technology thing you can really squeeze out of this you know, whatever, whatever's going on with current, like, graphics hardware, there isn't a thing you can point to and be like, well, that's the upgrade. Like, it is a single bullet point thing to say, this is what is better. And you just launched your VR2, which works on PS5. Like, I, again, I think if, the only thing I could see right now is getting rid of different mode stuff, but that's not going to go away. I I think we're living in that world where people are going to want to squeeze the most quality they can out of any hardware and give you the option to say, Hey, do you want to play this at 30 with all the bells and whistles? I think we just live there now. Right. Yeah, I think, I've... and I think Xbox is like hardware. The hell are you guys doing? People we build this, build the app where you can stream the game. You know, uh, that's where, that's where we're headed. Like Xbox wants you to be able to play their games on your, your phone through streaming or on your LG TV. Like that's, there was that, it was that box, right? That was in the back of Phil Spencer's thing that he was like, nah, that thing got canned. But I feel yeah. like that's a direction they're going on, like set-top boxes yeah, that are like, hardware agnostic. I kind of feel like it would be sort of a swaggering move if they announce a PS5 Pro and then and then my Xbox is just like, nah, we're good. <laughs> we, f- we feel confident in the hardware lineup that we have today. Yeah. We got Game um, Pass. Right. Like, we don't feel that the time is right or that there is a need for a more powerful console in the market. Like... Sony could end up looking a little bit like they're just sort of stuck holding the bag if they try to do this and nobody seems to want it. Well, and on top of that, it also stuck looking like they did not learn any of the correct lessons from the last generation. Right. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe they'll find a way to justify it. Maybe this is not even going to happen and we're 
blowing yeah. a lot of hot air for no reason. But, but it's fun. Like, you know what? Look, these kinds of dumb rumors don't come up very often. So, like, yeah, why I, not? Why not sure. enjoy this? I just, it, it feels like such an inversion from the way I felt last gen when they announced that a PS4 Pro was coming. And I was like, hell yeah. PS4 is a little slow. <laughs> like, I mm-hmm. do want a better PS4 that runs games with, you know, more more bells and whistles or more smoothly or whatever in here. It's just like, this is just so unnecessary for what we've even gotten to play on the consoles we have. No, Switch Pro. So far. Yeah, now we're talking. Yeah, there's some dumb leak going around that may be complete nonsense about Switch 2 specs. I'm not even going to get into it. Um, um, yeah, again, we should, uh, I'll just say as we wrap up this story, rumor, it's, uh, yes. it's all rumor stuff. I, I actually see where this, this device, this Q light thing could fit into their ecosystem if they are trying to ride a wave of the, the kind of in-house local handheld, you know, I, I know the steam deck can take games on the go, but. Uh, it seems like a lot of that stuff is like, hey, you know, play your games that you have on this handheld that uh, you're playing other places, not games designed for a handheld. Yeah. Um, yeah. If it's cheap enough and easy enough to just set up and go, I could see there being room for it. Yeah. Uh, or, I don't know, maybe at some point it's got enough. They build it with enough things on it where they're, uh, this is probably a lot harder on the programming and they're like, now you can you could download some Vita games and PSP games to your uh, PlayStation Five and play them on this weird handheld. But that's actually more of a programming nightmare than an input nightmare, I'm sure. Uh, that is the rumored Sony quote unquote handheld. I think we have to change our nomenclature for some of that stuff too. Yeah. Uh, Speaking oh, of rumors, yeah, yeah. yeah. What are yeah? What are we calling Steam Deck likes? Uh, Steam Deck like likes. I I just call them a Steam Deck clone. <laughs> At this point, it's still a handheld. Uh, you're talking about this Asus, uh, the the Asus competitor. So there have been a bunch of Steam Deck competitors trying to get out there, uh, but I've yeah. seen I've seen some waves being made about this one. Brad, what is Asus trying to? Why why is this one making waves? Asus questionably dropped on April Fool's Day that they were making a Steam Deck competitor. Mm-hmm. To the point that people I know who work in the hardware space and talk to Asus regularly were like. Hey, is this real? Mm-hmm. This is weird timing for this announcement because it looks cool, but uh, and they were like, "Yep, nope, it's real." Uh, the Asus ROG Ally uh-huh. apparently is the name of this thing. It's a full-on Steam Deck style handheld with significant horsepower in it to play games on. I believe it runs Windows. Do they have Although, to do the ROG? Like that's a Republic of Gamers. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. I don't like it. Eh, yeah, it is what it is. It is what it's it a is can tell you having specced out a new pc recently the rog brand is widespread okay it is recognized and apparently fairly you know respected by a lot of people state of the republic whether 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 it should be or not not commenting on but it's you know i think it's very much a thing that a lot of people are drawn to sorry i didn't want to derail you continue please um Yes, this thing appears to be significantly more powerful than the Steam Deck. It certainly has a nicer screen mm-hmm. by a lot. It's a 1080p, 120 hertz screen, as opposed to the, what is the Steam Deck one, like 1280 by 800, I think? Yep, 60. And, and only 60 hertz. I don't have that in front of me, but I think that's right. That's right. Um, Much more powerful SoC from the sound of things inside. Uh, Not a lot of specs known, but... 
I've just kind of pieced together a little bit of detail from reading in different places about this thing. I think Asus is basically saying this thing is like up to twice as fast as a Steam Deck. I, I saw some like preview videos that had gone yeah. up. Uh, yeah, this is like the world we live in now. Like they gave one of these to a YouTuber I've never heard of to preview <laughs> it. It's probably the same video I saw then. So yeah. it's like, I'm sure this dude's channel has 20 million subscribers. But yeah. I've never heard of him. I know only 3.6. Uh, but anyway, yes, like he, he, he had some detail. I think, I think that might be where that claim about it being twice as fast as the steam deck came from. Yeah, and he, I think the video I was watching, you know, the person doing it, you know, was pretty explicit and being like, "Hey, I can't open this thing up. I, I don't know what's in it." You know, like I, I'm just, just from looking and holding it. But you know, it was it's an interesting. I think even in that video, the case is made for UI, right? So we, you're talking about ASUS's kind of bespoke UI for this thing for managing your library. Oh no, it's um, what is it? Armor? Is that armor case? Is that armor is that crate? Armor crate? Is that a is that an ASUS thing? I mean, haven't looked at boards recently. That's kind of a like driver manager hub. Okay, mm-hmm. but I, you know, would not be shocked if they may have gaming functions in Windows as well. But it might definitely be something that they want to extend out as a name that people already know. So it's not like you're getting the Steam Deck OS on here. There's Steam OS. I don't know what they're. No, called. what I was gonna I was going to mention earlier. I wonder what the potential is for just installing Steam OS on this thing. Like, I don't know. Support, hardware support in Linux would definitely be an issue. Uh, yeah, if people could get that working, but I'm not sure if they could or not. So this is running Windows 11. I mean, I guess there's no reason why you couldn't just put Steam and then run it in big picture yeah. mode on here. Yeah, that's yeah, that's almost certainly. I mean, even even the Steam Deck lets you just install Windows and Steam on there if you want to. So I'm sure that's an option here as well. Um, Unless the studio is like trying to lock out Steam somehow, which seems <laughs> so be a bad move. Like surely they are not just going to try to build their own storefront. I don't know. Uh, it doesn't have touchpads. Uh, on it, so like like the Steam Deck does, it's got um, it's just got the two analog sticks. It's got a D pad and then the the face buttons, and I want to say the back. Uh, it's got the triggers, but I don't know if it has the paddles on the back, uh, like the Steam Deck. Has. Oh, the paddles are are vital, man. It, I you know I I'm I can't find a picture of it uh with its back here. Let me scrub through this video and see if it actually has paddles on its butt. But the uh, it doesn't have the track pads that the um, it looks like it's got some extra triggers on the back. But the Steam Deck has what on the back? Two sets of paddles? Yes. Okay. Uh, so there's going to be some differences here. This is not a Steam Deck necessarily a one-for-one clone. No. It's kind of their, their take But it is it. trying to compete in that exact same space. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's definitely, definitely going to be more powerful from the looks of things. And, you know, whether or not the missing trackpad functionality is a big deal. I don't know. I don't know how people are using their steam deck, uh, you know, for swiping and, and mouse control and stuff like that on there. Uh, Brad, do you know if this has a touch screen? I would assume it does. I think so. I could uh, not say for sure. It'd be weird if it didn't, right? Probably. Uh, um, there's, there's other things too about, uh, you know, what's, you might get performance, but what does battery life look like? Right. You, you know, all of those things that, will come into play as we kind of move down the line and also the big one price point right where, uh you know if you want to stay competitive you can't you can't put this thing past what 600 for the top steam deck is 649 is, is okay. the most expensive steam deck but there are mentioned before there's stuff like the aya neo 2 out there that's like a thousand dollars 
So there's definitely more headroom in the market. I mean, I don't know how widely adopted that's going to be, but yeah. there definitely are companies out there going, hey, we're going to make something way more powerful. Also, it's going to cost way more. So, yeah, we'll we'll see if um we'll see what happens. I think personally so far for me, I there's something there's something still nice and appealing about a Steam Deck that is tuned for the SteamOS hardware that also does have the trackpads cuz I do sometimes play stuff that will not play with just a controller. Stuff that yeah. doesn't map well. So Yeah, I mean, the tight integration with Steam is the real it's a real valve yeah. has there with the like very seamless syncing saves and progress and stuff between multiple iterations of the same game like they just are yeah they're always going to have an advantage there that might trump hardware specs for a lot of people oh is, is it proton is what they they are running proton there? is the compatibility layer in linux they use yeah to and, make and it Windows sounds like games work that's working out really well yes so um so i, I don't know we'll, we'll we'll see where as the market heats up if there is um if there's traction there, you know, like mm-hmm. seems like th- there's enough positive buzz that you want people like, or like that Asus is going to come out and that's good. It's healthy, but, um, we'll see where things go. Cause yeah. I, I am definitely as somebody who is still looking at that stuff now and waiting to see if there's a refresh or who does something different. It's kind of interesting to see different takes on it. Uh, that is the, um, on the heels of the PlayStation handheld, the Asus is, new entry into the steam deck like market uh again more even more rumor here yes uh, uh even more rumor and hardware uh alex xbox expansion memory yeah so we've we've grasped. sexy and exciting world of uh, you know <laughs> X- it's it okay no it is not sexy and exciting <laughs> but it is interesting because uh since the the series x and the series s launched the only way you could get uh, any kind of uh, meaningful, like, officially blessed hard drive expansion for those consoles was this, uh, I believe it was Seagate-created uh, 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 device that was extremely overpriced. Yeah, they kind of had announced that out of the gate, that they were locking up. It was an interesting thing, right? They well, said, yeah, it's... At launch, it was not overpriced. It was about in line with what you would have gotten off the shelf or something like that. The problem is that they have not <laughs> no. kept pace with the market. Like, I will, I will cop to some misplaced faith in Microsoft when this first happened two years ago because, like, there's very obvious updates. You guys have installed SSDs and PS5s. Like, there's a pretty obvious upside in buying a thing that you take out of the package and shove into a slot and you're done. Right? Yes. Like. It's not impossible to put an SSD in a PS5, but it's like... But it's more work more, than a lot of people want to do. Right, right. Like, I was like, okay, I, I see I see the appeal here of just making a thing that, like, anybody can just buy and plug in. Now they just need to, like, keep up with current pricing trends, in which they have extremely failed to do. No. I mean, it's obscene at this point. They also have you, not been doing a great job of keeping those things in stock over time, either. Uh, yeah, I didn't realize, I guess, looking at this Video Games Chronicle story, it seems like you can't even find those things now. Well, it's not that you can't find them, it's just that they're not frequently in stock. I mean, I got mine, like, right when I bought the console, so I have not, like, been paying super close attention, but it sounds like they have not been around as often as they have not. I mean, even this new thing, 
Well, why don't you, why don't you finish with the story? And we'll so the it. thing that is that has been reported on here, which again I would still put in the the category of rumor, though since there was a listing for it, I'd say there's a decent chance this happens, is a Western Digital uh, expansion card, uh, which appeared on Best Buy's website briefly, though you can't buy it now; the listing's gone. Uh, and it was retailing for about $180, uh, which is, you know, less than what the, the current uh, hard drive expansion costs. And yeah, for folks that don't know, if you're, if you're not in this kind of ecosystem, this is, the, um, this is the SSD that works for modern games to, get, to enable you to get faster loading. You can, you can store your games on other media, but you just can't play them off of other drive so you have to transfer them and do some disk management if you want to do things like you know enable it's like the game streaming off of these fast drives is what enables uh the quicker load times the quick resume all, all of those things yes. um so so while your storage can hold a game to play it you have to do some transferring around um and the xbox what's the internal on the what is it ship with the series x it's like a terabyte it's a terabyte? terabyte okay yeah. um and it fills up. Games are big, like especially if you if you have a a large collection or it's your only console that that's going to fill up. And Xbox is okay with its management. It's it's I would say it's it, they do a better job of it than the PlayStation Five in terms of like, hey man, you haven't played this in forever. Like we're we're just gonna we want yeah. to get rid of this thing. We're gonna archive this for you. Yeah, we're gonna archive this. You got to clear up some space. But I've definitely had to clear up multiple games on my Xbox to get things going. And the games are just getting bigger. Yeah, yes, I've had multiple games on the Series X that are over 100, gig, 100 gigabytes each. Yeah, like it's um, they're, they're big, and it, usually the the problem for me is the big games are the ones that sit on there the longest, right? Because they probably have big maps or they have a lot of stuff on them. I mean, if you're gonna download the Modern Warfare Warfare Suite at this point, buckle up. You know, you might yeah. as well buy a whole drive just for that. So it's. Yeah. We talked about this when it happened. Are they going to go the Xbox 360 route and lock in terrible prices for small dollar to gigabyte ratios for perpetuity? If this rumor is true, it'd be great to see somebody else enter the market with a more competitive pricing. The, yeah. The flip side being you run into compatibility issues if it is Wild West, and that happened on the PlayStation 5 side where you, as the consumer, you have to do some research to see what's going to work out there. But it's not it's, that bad. It's not It's not just that the install process is a little fiddly. The other thing is there's plenty of drives on the market that will technically fit into that socket yeah. that are not fast enough to keep up with what they want. Like it's, you know, tons of gamers are like very tech savvy and it's not a huge deal, but it straight up hits you with like a speed test as soon as you put a new drive in to tell you if it's actually fast enough to pass muster or not. And, uh, you know, yeah, right. Unfortunately, that, again, that's after you bought it and put it right, in. So, right. yes. So, like, that stuff's unfortunate. But also, looking at the price of this Western Digital, like, it's still. So, they're saying 180 for one terabyte for this new Western Digital versus 220 for that Seagate, which is like 40 bucks less. That's one terabyte, though. Yeah. I just bought a two terabyte PCIe Gen 4 SSD, which is faster than what's going in this Xbox, for 160. So, like, prices on. Prices on NVMe SSDs have just bottomed out in the last year or two. So, like, this is even at 180 for this Western Digital, like, that's still so much higher than what you're spending for like double the space on 
a PS5. Yeah, you're paying a specificity tax here, it's, which is to say this is the drive that goes in this particular slot and will work, and therefore you are paying more for it. Yeah, like, I, I can see a little bit of a premium, but this is just egregious. So, yeah. so like, one of Microsoft's design issues here is it's not a standard slot for this. No. They, they have a proprietary slot. It goes in, and that means that there's probably some interchange in hardware. There's probably some... Um, I see in there that has to do something in there where I don't think I've seen it, but if somebody could put the adapter there and let you buy the drive yourself, but I'm sure there's some kind of um, handshaking going on and you're, you're paying the cost for that. You're, you're yeah. absolutely paying the cost for it, not just being a thing where you just insert a drive. That kind of sucks. Cause that's a markup. That's a considerable yeah. markup and it doesn't keep pace. Um, accessories are where the money is made and kind of like maybe even more to your point brad less on the the price per gigabyte it's more that like i don't want a terabyte i want i want more space yeah but i don't want to pay 800 dollars for four terabytes um so that's i don't know we'll see again we're in the rumor land yeah yes um, but again, that listing showing up does at least indicate that it seems like there might be some possibility of alternatives yeah. out there. Yeah, so hopefully it's a sign of better things to come on that front. Yeah, Like, hopefully this isn't the only alternative. Right. You know, maybe yes. other companies will be able to interject themselves and, and, like, there will be real competition for this. Like I said, give me the thing that's just an adapter where I can plug my own drive in, and then uh, and so I can hot swap those drives, too. Just some games on some drives. Then we're back in the 360 era. Uh, moving on. You Speaking guys remember, of moving on, <laughs> you remember Stadia? I do. Uh, uh, I feel like some people would like to forget. Uh, maybe some people would like you to forget. Phil Harrison. Where's Phil Harrison these days? No idea, because <laughs> apparently he is no longer at Google. Uh, and and left in January. Well, that was when the, um, you know, basically when the like, wind down of Stadia happened. The oops. They're like, yeah. we're, we're going to refund everybody. Yeah. So they, they oops that. Uh, they, they wound it down. And now uh, Stadia is obviously a defunct product. And Phil Harrison very quietly made his exit out the back. Uh, and I'm just going to go out and, and, you know, we've talked about this before. The. Let's call it spotty history of Phil Harrison at various companies and his Mm. actual contributions to these companies. I'm going to tell you right now, if you spot Phil Harrison scratching at your back door, (laughs) don't let him in. Uh, Yeah. I mean, Phil Phil will find a place to go. Oh, yeah. Someone someone who doesn't listen to this podcast, which is, you know, probably anyone in an actual position of power, (laughs) will find a reason to give that guy money for a while, and uh, he will probably inevitably do nothing of consequence there, too. Yeah, I I mean, to be clear, all we know about is his public track record. Yeah. And it's not good. We don't we don't have any inside (laughs) knowledge about anything. Well, I will I I will say just on on a purely, you know, anecdotal level. I have heard from a couple of people who have worked at companies with Phil Harrison that he is not helpful. <laughs> He's not as useful as maybe his, you know, resume might suggest. I did get a refund for Stadia. I don't know if Phil uh, uh, pushed that button by himself. I'm going to say he probably didn't. But uh, that was the last you know, thing he did before he walked out the door. Is that give Vinny his uh, refund Vinny's credit card for that Stadia he bought, which. I guess if you have all the money in the world, like Google, you can do something like that. But it's like Stadia never even existed. 
Yeah. Kind of is. I mean, I think they've wound down even that attempt to license out the streaming technology. Oh, really? To other companies. Oh, I thought that's where they were just going to go. If I'm not mistaken. Uh, is that, that, is that refund can't be as sweet as this class action payment that I got yesterday in the mail. So, yeah, how much are you getting? Five cents? $73. God that, damn. That's real money. That's, that's actual like the, money. It's the first class action settlement that's ever showed up. That I mean, typically, I don't even get a settlement at all. I get the thing yeah. that says, hey, respond to this letter in the next 90 days to become part of the, the class settlement. Right. And I always miss it or forget about it until it's too late to get any money. But even if you did, it's generally like $3.28. Are they in bison bucks? No. It's like real it's a, money? It's a straight up legal tender us dollars it's a check a check for almost 73 dollars just came in the mail yesterday something to do with apple dang Hot damn some dang. kind of apple class action that i apparently fell afoul of at some point so do you read that make sure don't cash that check until you read what you're opting out of if you're if you cash this check it means when your mm-hmm. your watch catches on fire or activates you to become uh, uh an assassin you can't sue us you cash the check I actually looked it up. Is something about them using refurbished units as replacements for Apple Care service without letting people know? Maybe I don't know. Okay. I didn't look too deep into it, but I guess I must have gotten Apple Care service at some point. Man, um, speaking of bison bucks, aha! Uh-huh. Street we Fighter. The, uh, we Street recorded Fighter. our Street Fighter watch cast, which will be going up next week. It's true. We did. Uh, what, why are we talking about Street Fighter here on this podcast, though? Well, look, here's the thing. Uh, Street Fighter, long-running, fantastic video game series. Mm. Uh, not the best history with cinema. No. Uh, there's the 1994 film. There is the, uh, the Legend of Chun-Li reboot, which is somehow even worse. Is it really? I completely forgot that existed until this story. I've seen that movie exactly once, and say what you will about the 1994 Street Fighter, it's funny. Uh, Legend of Chun Li is just fucking boring. Huh? It's the worst. That's the worst. The worst sin a movie can commit is to be boring. Also, the guy who plays Bison is uh, a character actor who I mostly know as being a pretty good justified villain, which is not necessarily what I would say fits Bison personally. <laughs> Um, but anyway, the reason I bring this up is because it sounds like there is another push to bring uh, Street Fighter to the silver screen. Uh, Legendary Entertainment, the company that uh, produced the most recent Dune remake and also uh, the I think the most recent uh, Godzilla and King Kong stuff. Uh, they are apparently working on a new adaptation. Uh, TBD, what any of it is or what it will be. There's no directors attached. There's no screenwriters at this time. But there is a production deal, it sounds like, in the works. And, uh, you know, with Street Fighter Six coming out, I can't say I would blame them for giving this another go. Do we even seems know if like, it's live action or, or animated? I don't think Legendary would put out an animated movie. Okay. Seems okay. like video game movies are back in. Well, that's the thing, is that, like, you know, look, I haven't watched The Last of Us, but by all accounts, it sounds like it is at the very least a really quality adaptation of that game's story. You know, whether you like that story or not, I'm just saying they did a good job on making, like, bringing the video game to a screen with actors. was the discourse the day after that season finale aired something. 
Yeah, a lot of people didn't play the game, didn't know where that was going. Um, <laughs> Is that what happened? Yeah. Oops. Yeah. <laughs> I guess Folks. they were were pretty faithful to the game then. There was yeah. there, there was like a backlash and then a backlash to the backlash <laughs> and like a lot of looking down noses. Oh, <laughs> wow. really something. I have no interest in getting in and out on any yes. of that. I'm not judging Last of Us one way or the other because, again, I haven't seen it. Um, but I'm saying that like the current climate for video game adaptations yeah. i'd say has never been friendlier sure yeah. Yes. yeah like the mario movies making all kinds of news left and right even with the reviews being what they are which are you know kind of middle of the road i feel like it's still going to make a billion dollars so yes for sure got a damn dungeons and dragons movie opening that's like, apparently good <laughs> yeah like which is baffling it's ah come on you could you no can it do is it. because dude you remember that last dungeon and dragons well, movie? That, was, that was uve bowl wasn't it no no, you're thinking of the Dungeon Siege movie. Oh, maybe I'm thinking of Dungeon Siege. You're right. With Ray Liotta? Is that yes. a... Uh, okay, what's Evil the Wizard last... Ray Liotta. <laughs> what is the last Dungeons & Dragons movie, then? That came out in the 90s. Uh, I believe Jeremy Irons was in that, and it was a pile of shit. Uh, okay. Bad, bad week for people getting credited in both of these movies, also, it turns out. You'd like missing uh, a credit? I saw Grant Kirkhope was super bummed that they don't credit him for the DK rap. Which in is the in the movie? Of the Mario movie. Like okay. they Wait, mentioned really? the rap. They mentioned the DK rap in, in the part with the soundtrack of all those songs in the movie. They do not credit him as being the composer. What the uh, hell? Which super sucks. Also, Ed Greenwood, the creator of the Forgotten Realms, did not get credited in the credits of that D&D movie. That seems which is weird. Which is apparently set in Forgotten Realms. <sighs> crediting stuff is so weird these days and bad uh credit where credit is due seriously just credit people like i don't i i i mean i understand what the aversion is it's money but like come on uh so anyway okay. this movie is not anywhere near like actually happening yet but there is a the street fighter movie there is a, yeah the street fighter movie but it sounds like the at least according to the hollywood reporter there's a deal is in the works so uh, you know they just they just made that new mortal Kombat a couple three years ago mm -hmm. uh, it wasn't see. great uh, you is know that, but there's like there's at least recent precedent for another fighting game getting turned into a movie totally and street fighter feels like it's on the upswing right now so why not yes hollywood People have had nothing but nice things to say from those who have had the chance to play Street Fighter VI that yep. I've seen. Yeah, I'm curious to try that out. I, I have no idea what this what a movie would be about Street Fighter at this point. Tone, uh, cast, anything. But you do have a pretty good op I, like <laughs> notion of what not to do. Uh huh. That's for sure. Um. Yeah. Don't make it suck. Is uh. If at all possible. If at all possible. Maybe. Maybe less guns and more fists. That's right. More maybe, fight, more maybe, street fighting. Maybe don't reserve the street fighting for the last 15 minutes of the movie. Uh, speaking of sucking vampires, you know, I love them. Boy, that's not where I thought you were going with that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's more vampire survivor stuff coming. Yeah, this is just for me. There's a new expansion coming. Uh, Tides of the Fascari, which appears to be a very fantasy themed uh, expansion with, uh, I think, something like eight new characters. A uh, bunch of new weapons, one new stage, more music, all that fun stuff. The last one was sort of like the kind of haunted samurai thing going on. Mm -hmm. This one is going for more fantasy feel. Uh, the trailer is like 15 seconds long and does not really give you too much about what's going on there other than, hey, guess what? There's going to be like a mage class and, you know, like a rogue class character and stuff like that. So 
some of this some of this art they put out with this announcement is just like better than what I expect from Vampire. Like Vampire Survivors just looks so jank. Yeah. As a game that's seeing this like nice high quality illustration put out as promotion. It's just like a weird disconnect there. I mean, that game's making money, so you might as no, well invest it in some stuff, right? Yeah, I mean, that, that's exactly what it is. That thing is made of a mint, so now it's becoming a real video game. $2 didn't for it, this DLC. Didn't, didn't it win a BAFTA? I believe it did. In fact, didn't it win, like, the BAFTA? I believe it did. Uh, yes, it straight up won best game at the BAFTAs. BAFTA award-winning Vampire Survivors. Mm-hmm. I mean, listen, listen, man, like, straight up, that game more or it whether or not it invented a genre it very heavily popularized a a fairly nascent genre and i think if you're going to reward something might as well reward something that does that right yeah yeah so is the one that makes it popular uh that is vampire survivors some new dlc coming and that's going to do it for the news we have a podcast and we have an email and you could send emails to this podcast you if you send- want if you want, you can send them to podcast at nextlander.com. That is podcast at nextlander.com. We'll take those emails, put them in a little box, save them for when the time is right. Brad, shake them all up. Shake them all up. Do we have some emails for this show? Yeah, we could do a couple here. What do you have? Um, this came in from Zach probably too long ago for our answer to be useful. Okay. This was a couple weeks ago. We apologize if if your opportunity has come and gone already. For the first time in four years, both my wife and children will be gone overnight. Vinny, what food nightmares should I get? Mm. Alex, what movies should I watch? The weirder the better. Brad, what course should I experiment with in my mister? Mm. Ooh, okay. Food nightmares. We got one night here, one night to to really do it. And the um, world's your oyster. I think. I still think Domino's offers enough of a nightmare spread where you can do things like get a pizza and get cheesy bread and really just sink yourself and get like chicken kickers and really just sink yourself. So like Domino's is a real nightmare. Um, Chicken kickers. I think that's what they're called. Right. They're like the little, this chicken bites. I I don't know if they're maybe that's chicken kickers TM. Um, Yes. That apparently is the case. Um, like you could just get a spread there of just junk food. That's, that's kind of amazing. Um, I have been on like a Korean fried chicken kick recently because, uh, uh, there's a bunch of places around me that I'm testing out. Boy, you could do some damage there too. If you want to go down that route, if you want to make yourself sick. Uh, so, if, <laughs> and you uh, do, and you do. So that's. I would probably lean over there and be like, let me try some, some cool stuff out here in the, uh, cause is I actually found that this is a chain, but it was, I passed by it, uh, in, uh, near my town mad for chicken. Oh yeah. Um, and their stuff is pretty good. Um, there's like 17 Korean fried chicken places by me, but I ordered off the menu and we had some people over. I'm going to tell you, everybody walked away happy, uh, from mad for chicken. And apparently they have, they have places all over the place. Oh, they don't um, have it here, and now I'm sad. Uh, it was pretty good. So, yeah, 
I don't know. I, I still think if you want to just go easy peasy, get on the dumb. I'm, I'm not trying to shill for Domino's. I'm, I am saying their food is a nightmare, uh, but uh, you can just get on that side. It's easy. But what a nightmare! <laughs> but what you will you will remember that nightmare for months. Films, films. hard to know without uh, knowing your tastes let's just, and let's let's just stick with the theme of uh, masochism. Okay, <laughs> here. What is the most, just name the most masochistic movie that comes to mind. Oh, God. I mean, there's a couple of different definitions of that. I'm going to stay away from the ones that are literally just like, hey, this movie is like fucking sitting through an assault um, and say more like, hey, we're watching video game movies this month. That's right. What if you watch some with us, including some other ones that we're not doing? Like, say, hey, have you ever seen that Double Dragon movie? Oh. Yeah. You could. real bad. Which one? Hitman. Hitman's real bad. Max Payne. Max Payne might be the worst. Wow. <laughs> no, wait, wait. You, I know you're worse now. Well, it isn't an Uwe Boll movie, yes. I was going to say, you really did like that Lara Croft movie, the Tomb Raider movie. Okay, that I'm not going to stand here and tell you everyone is going to agree with me and hate it as much as I do. That uh, might be more of a personal thing, but but that movie sucks, but. <laughs> yeah, watch some bad video game movies. Yeah. Or, you know, okay, let's say, let's stay out of the masochistic aspect of it, and if you're just looking for weird, mm-hmm. um, and then without knowing what streaming services you have access to, I feel like Shudder is always a really good streaming service for, like, if you like horror at all, um, they always have a pretty good spread of different stuff, and I tend to find that even just, like, looking for random stuff on there, you can usually find something kind of weird and good, so. I should check that out. I think I like horror more than I have admitted to myself it's a it's a great service like it's 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 well curated they had they usually do some good themes around that thing and also just like you know it's just a good repository of horror films sure i randomly watched the 2017 jake gyllenhaal horror space horror life over the weekend i remember that movie being like not great but okay it's acceptable yeah it was acceptable like alien killer alien on a space station it was very like it's kind of derivative it's very derivative but i remember having some decent tension in it some some very uh, upsetting death scenes though i will say uh mr cores um well again again, since we're just talking about sheer self-destructiveness uh why don't you go gin up a Super Metroid Link to the Past crossover ROM. Ooh, that's like I did good, on the stream the other day. That's good. Yeah, yeah. And Use a tracker just, though. Just get get buy eighty dollars worth of Domino's. Uh huh. Probably probably like a case of beer. Uh huh. The worst, the most upsetting horror movie you can find, and then try to stumble your way through that thing. Put the uh, put the napkin on your lap before you get started, so you just yes. have it there. You're gonna want to wipe your hands yeah. a lot. Um, like, a, like a whole stack of napkins, probably. Uh, remember that movie, Pandorum? Yes. Oh, yeah. That a fun movie. Fun. Quote I feel like you're the person I know who always <laughs> brings that movie up. <laughs> I don't know. For some reason, that movie stuck with me. I kind of like it. It's, it's dopey. I, uh, thing, I think it's pretty good. Yeah. It's As like a not, movie that stars Dennis Quaid goes, yeah. <laughs> it's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, all right. Any more emails? Brad Shoemaker. Uh, here's one from the man himself, Nathan and Tumwater, Washington. Uh-huh. Who would make a better roommate, Mario or Sonic? Mario. Mario. I, feel, I, I instantly feel that Mario is a more conscientious yes. housemate, like, easily, right? I mean, Mar- I've seen Mario. those Sonic the Hedgehog movies 
it seems like living with him is a bit of a pill. I, I have not seen those, and I have no trouble believing he is a real slob. Yeah. Mario seems like kind of responsible, and yeah. I mean, man was a referee. Uh, he can, True. Uh, He's got Ooh. he's got like all these different jobs. I the only thing I feel like Mario might get on you about like rent and cleaning dishes where like Sonic's not going to care. But oh, Sonic's God also- help you if you ever have a plumbing problem because you're never going to hear the end of it. Oh yeah, yeah. Remember that one time? Yeah. Uh and Sonic is I feel like is going to lose your stuff, is going to like kind of borrow your toothbrush. That's like a more Sonic vibe I get. Like uh yeah, he's not going to use it for his teeth. No, he's just going to do terrible things with it. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's easy, Mario. 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 Bonk. Yep. Wait, who said bonk? <laughs> I said bonk. No, bonk, bonk would be the worst one. You bonk. think bonk is the worst? Yeah. Yeah, man, he's constantly breathing fire all over everything. Uh, Do you have any idea how many holes would be like, in your walls by the end of yeah, it? Yeah, man, you just got to patch all the drywall constantly. Bonk's just the party, dude. Ugh. True. I bet bonk knows how to party. Bonk is kind of crashing at your place because the things didn't go so well with the general graphics. Yeah. I, I, love, I love that bonk is still the go-to, like, third option for... <laughs> For character mascot, I mean, they really they did the work. It's true. They true. Stuck. He was absolutely the flagship character on the Turbo Graphics. You jump in the air and you smash things with your head. What else do you need? Bonk. It's true. It's true. All right. Any other emails? I think we've done enough damage. Why don't we call it there? All right. Those are the emails for this week. That is podcast at nextlander.com for the emails and that's He's going to wrap up this show for this week, the Next Lander Podcast. I want to thank everybody for listening. Before we go, I just want to give an update uh, for what is up and what is coming. What's up? Uh, what is coming? We have uh, currently up on the Watchcast is the Mario Brothers movie over on the Patreon side. Yeah, that's yes. Really, yes. And then we just recorded uh, Street Fighter. That'll go up next week. And then uh, after that is Mortal Kombat. And then we're going to end with some Resident Evil mm-hmm. movie. If you are keeping pace there over on the Patreon side of things, the video game quadrology, the, you, you gotta, you gotta have your foundational stuff there. Uh, we've got uh, uh, over on Monday, the, the Metroid Zelda crossover. Yeah. Patron's choice. Yes, yes, that's right. The Patron's Choice, yes. Last week, our schedule got a little higgledy-piggledy. We had the Patron's Choice on Monday with uh, uh, Brad Shoemaker doing that uh, Super Metroid or Metroid 3. Should uh, we go back to that? I feel like there's some unfinished business there. I don't know if there's... I think you gotta, a, you gotta get that tracker running on your machine. We want to hear from you. Yes. Um, um, I, 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 I don't know if that's doable since I'm playing it on the Mister. I might have to... We'll have to investigate, or you need to spit me out, uh, or we need to figure out a way that I or Alex can uh, load the JSON file to have your exact ROM uh, stuff in the game. Or maybe I can load the ROM up and just do the track. I don't know. Uh, Like, if you send me the ROM. Either way, the tracker stuff really seems to be super helpful, especially since we don't know those games uh, very well. Uh, So you can check that out on Monday. Uh, Alex and Brad are going to be streaming on Thursday, and then we're going to be back on a Friday before heading out on a little bit of the vacation. But we will have podcast. We will have a watchcast, ramblecast. The uh, podcast is going to be episode one of Never Been a Better Podcast going up in the main feed, free for all. We're giving week. it to you. We're just you just get it. It's a, it's a fun one. That's uh, Austin and Dan. It's the first one. I don't even think we have the name for the show yet. Uh, very excited to 
uh, have that go out to the bigger, wider audience out there. It was a fun suggestion over uh, on the Discord, and I love it. I love it. Uh, if you want to participate in that Discord, you can go over to patreon.com slash nextlander, where you can not only find about a dozen episodes of Never Been a Better Podcast, you can also find uh, up-to-the-minute watchcast postings, and you can find the video Ramblecast, the Planorama is there, the Patreon Q&A, all those fun things over on patreon.com slash nextlander. There's also one extremely special tier near and dear to our hearts, the Mysterious Benefactor tier, where you get your name read on this here show. Alex Navarro. Yes. Are you ready for the reading? Mm, yeah. All right, let's do it. Our Mysterious Benefactors for this week are RRE, John Richardson, Vornak, Kelly F., James Smith, Brian Lucier, Skywarp, John Hubbard, Sean Miller, Evan Cook, Mark Wilhelm, JM, Jerry Lee, Gary Pezky, Robert Fisher, John McInnes, Octothorpe Betwixt Jobs Crimes, Peter Reardon, Thomas Lynn, Jad Rita, Statics, Andrew Jackson, Razgriz 2, Brian Murphy, Trevor and Adrian R, Randy Duax, Andrew Teepkin, Alex Wu, It Me JP, Matt Clements Jr., Edward Chick, Andrew Slosky, Steve Lynn, Matthew Herrig, David Campos, and Tyler Trees. Those are our mysterious benefactors for this week, and a big thank you to them and to everyone who has supported us, not only on the Patreon, by watching our stuff on Twitch, going on and checking out the YouTube channel, just listening to this year's podcast, sending the whole deal. those good vibes. And I hope you, everyone enjoys their next week. We're not, we won't be live streaming, so I got to say it now. Uh, Alex Navarro, I hope you have a good week off. Uh, recharge some of them batteries. Get some, uh, get some good uh, Domino's movie watching and ROM playing, as we suggested here. No Domino's for me, but I will definitely <laughs> be indulging in some other ways. And likewise, I hope you guys have very restful and very chill breaks. Thank you. I appreciate it. Brad Shoemaker, I hope you get done everything you want to get done and don't get done nothing you don't want to do. Does that make does that, that does sounds that, good. That, that sounds all good and no bad. Yeah. That's I, a, a double negative in there somewhere. If I did, you know what I mean. It's sounding like one of those things might be getting the PC built. Ooh. Uh, ooh. Are there places where uh, uh, you're going to update people on how your PC build is going? Yeah, I'll, I'll tweet about it. That'll be on PC World's YouTube channel. We'll do that live. Live? Um, yes. Yes. Hey, Alex, remember building PCs live? Leave I it to the professionals. Leave- not to. <laughs> Leave it to the professionals. Uh-huh. Is what I say. Um, Brad, do you have the specs out there anywhere yet, or is that all a big surprise? Um, uh, I guess we'll save it for the stream. Save it for the stream. Okay. It's, yeah, it's yeah, not top it secret or anything. It's a it's a high end AMD system, I would say. Okay. Uh, well, again, you can join Brad and Alex on uh, Thursday for a stream, and then we'll be back on Friday to send the things off into that weekend. Thanks to everybody for listening. Thank you, Brad. Thank you, Alex. And we'll be back in some form next week. <laughs>